Welcome in. Welcome in, you all. It's your guy, Nick, back with episode four of our podcast. As always, I say our podcast because without you, the listener, I'd just be taking a pretty big, expensive hobby to talk to myself. And I couldn't see myself spending this money to do just that. So I thank you all as always. A quick disclaimer. I'm not an expert in any of these topics we are going to broach. I'm, I, you know, As we go forward, I'm just somebody who talks about you know, what I know, talk about things that I've seen how I think and how I try to maneuver through life, you know, things of that nature, and then share my story. That's always what it comes back down to. It's just sharing, you know, who I am and sharing what I've been through. Starting off a new week with new perspective, but the same goal, you know, just be present and be mindful. The reason I say these things together is because you really can't have one without the other. You know, to be mindful is to be aware in the present moment. So one can ha- one can't happen without the other. I'm mindful right now just about my reactions and what I can do and what I can say, you know, and the power it has on people and just understanding in every moment, I want to make sure that I make the correct decision, say the correct thing that I can, you know, not try to, you know, um, think about things before or or sit down and think, oh, I'm going to plan out how I'm going to speak to someone. I'm going to plan out how this conversation is going to go and try to mold that way. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that whenever someone speaks to me, I'm listening and I'm trying to make the appropriate response. You know, to try to keep the influence where it's at and try to raise it if I can. And also just try to keep me respectful when I can. You know, I just had a situation that I got pretty frustrated with. And it was just like someone tried to lie to me about something that was so trivial, you know? And it's like, I always wonder, why do people want to do that? You know, what is the, what's the, the reason to try and di- dig a bigger hole for yourself, dig a bigger grave, you know? You know, that metaphor goes and it's like, I don't understand why sometimes people try to say things that they know aren't true and know can be corroborated that aren't true. You know, you can go and get facts and say, you know what, that's, you know, that just didn't happen that way. Why do you say it that way? You know, and I don't know if people understand that it's so much easier if you just come out with the truth. You know, I try to lead with truth. That's all we can do. Let's deal in the truth of things, you know, because lies are fact or fictional. Lies just never happened. So let's just deal with the fact situation. You know, something happens, something went wrong. Let's hold, hold each other accountable. Let's talk about it. Let's get better for the next situation. But lying about it, that's not ever the way that, you know, we should definitely go about a situation when it's trying to recoup some trust or trying to, you know, get through a situation or whatever it is. You know, just lying just isn't the answer for it, no matter how white the lie might be. But <clears throat> it's weird. I try, I try not to allow things like that to really get into my space and mess up what I have going on, mess up my energy. And it's weird what happens when you persistently try to protect that energy. It's weird how happy you can be when you persistently try to say, okay, things like that could upset me, but I'm not going to let it. I'm going to send a simple text. We're going to talk about it tomorrow and we're going to get better from there, you know? And as a man, we would handle that and say, you know what, this is what happened. Put the facts on the table and then go forward. That's what you should be doing. Because to to bring up other things, to talk about what didn't happen, what ifs, all that, that's not going to get you anywhere closer to the solution. So that was something that happened to me. And I was just like, why, why do I think, it made me think, why does this happen? Why in a situation where you might be back against the wall or whatever it is, you just try to go further back into the wall? You know, instead of fighting your way out with just the truth and being, holding yourself accountable, being self-aware, 
you know, that's always something that I think when I go back to it, I had a switch in my life that just like I understood. And it was really football and sports in high school that did this for me. It was, you know, playing as a sophomore in varsity in basketball. I remember AJ having to go and vouch to Coach Stretching about, you know, me being able to play and me being able to be on that level because he just didn't believe it, you know, which I, to me and to all my friends, people hearing this will be like, what the hell? Yeah, I know too. But it's just one of those things where he didn't understand, you know, I was a bigger kid, played point guard, dribbled, you know, tried to go to the hoop. I drove the ball, all the different stuff. I played good defense, stuff of that nature. My dad taught me the game the right way, so I didn't play wrong. I wasn't taking 35 foot, you know, Steph Curry jumpers in high school. That wasn't happening. But as, you know, a 6'3", 250 pound kid, I was taking a lot of threes, but I was making a lot of threes. Wasn't hitting as many free throws as I wanted to, but it's all right. If you get and ones, you got to worry about it. <laughs> but I remember that. I remember AJ having a voucher for me. And it was huge for me because he was an upperclassman. You know, he was somebody that I thought was really, really good at basketball. But he's also my friend. And it was like he saw the work I put in. He saw the open gyms where I'm getting picked first or second, you know, to be on people's teams. And it's like, how you not award somebody that's been doing this, that's been with the team and been playing with them and playing well, but you're going to say they don't deserve to be on the team. So when that, when that, and I'll never forget it. We went after school one day and we went and saw the listing of it. And I was not on that list. I was on the JV list. And AJ went right into the office and said, Nick's not on JV. And I remember that. And I, to this day, I'm like, man, I can't believe that happened. But he's like, Nick's not on JV. And guess what? I wasn't on JV. And so that was huge. But as an upperclassman, that was huge for me. And just it just vouched what I was doing, but it vouched the work that you're putting in. So from just sophomore year, I knew that if you put the right work in and you wanted something, you did what you had to do to get there, that you're going to be able to accomplish your goals, or at least you're going to get close. And it's like, I want to be able to say, I put my best foot forward and, you know, good things happen. Or I put my best foot forward and it didn't happen. And, you know, it happens like that sometimes. So we'll try for another opportunity. We'll strive for something else. That's what you have to do, you know, at all times you have to do. I proved for sure that I could play basketball, but I also proved just a part of being a teammate. You know, I didn't play as much as I wanted to my sophomore year. I thought I was better than the seniors that were playing in front of me. But you got to understand where my mindset was and, you know, my level of just what I thought of myself. I was like, I played against these guys in open gyms and all this, and I was beating them. So why am I not playing? But then as I started playing more and more, I started, you know, getting myself more minutes and playing well. The next year I started and from there on we were take off. But it's always been, you know, I always look back and can see in these stories like different people that helped me get to where I was going. And if I look back and really think there's key people in all these places that I was like, oh, I modeled myself after that person or I strove to be just as good as that person. There was a goal there and I was just trying to obtain it. So that was a key takeaway with the, with the story with Toth was just like, he was doing everything right, seemingly everything right. And I was like, how can I not mimic that, but how can I get to the place that he's at? So I worked, not only did I work, I asked, you know, what are you doing different? What's going on? Like what, what makes you, you know, tick at this level? How are you getting there? And we went through all those different steps that we talked about before in the last podcast. And it's like, that was very instrumental in me getting to where I was in college. That was very instrumental in me being a team captain my senior year, the year afterwards when he left. And it's like, 
I know because the work I put in those summers before, that's what got me to senior year. That's what got me to the ability where I'm a fifth year senior and I'm not practicing till Friday. I was losing weight like crazy, so they didn't want me to lose any more weight, but I was practicing Monday through Friday or not practicing Monday through Friday. And then Friday I had the run through and then we went to the hotel. So I had every week of six weeks of just I watched film and then I played the game. And I was 200, you know, anywhere from 248 pounds, 255 pounds the entire time. And what I tell kids when they see me, they're like, you didn't play all the line. I want them to know that it's a cerebral game, you know, but it's also something where if your technique is correct and you're sound, you can win every rep. And I don't want someone to say you can't win every rep. You can definitely do that. So that's something that I just I had to understand that going my senior year. But, yeah, I was I was afforded the ability. I didn't practice until Friday. We did a little little run through on Friday. It wasn't even real practice. And then went to hotel and I played on Saturday and I played pretty well, too, because as as a fifth year, I'll be honest with you, you've seen it all. And there wasn't a freshman or sophomore that I looked at. I was like, hmm, you're going to beat me. That's crazy. So. But that was all just because of the technique and dedication I had for that game. I think I think that me being able to model my behavior after people that going back to the high school basketball to people that are successful. I first saw it with Kyle Kazuda. Kyle Kazuda played point guard for us. Um, he went to the University of Louisiana Monroe on scholarship, and he was the first Division One player that I got to play with. You know, and I saw the work he put in. He was a machine. This kid could shoot from everywhere. He could dribble. He knew the game of basketball was easy to him. And I've been playing against him since I was in seventh grade and he was in eighth. We played together in high school. And it was like Kyle made the game easier for me. We both understood it and we were able to play together because of that. But <clears throat> for me, it was seeing what he was doing. It was seeing, you know, the practice he was putting. It was seeing the hours he's been on the on the machine, just shooting the ball. And it's like that was something that I was able to see. Okay, if I'm not working and this guy is, there's a reason why he's getting this many points and I'm not. If you couldn't see that as a person that was behind him and realize this is why he's in front of you, then you were just blind. Because there was a clear reason why Kyle was playing the way he was playing. You know, he tried to bring his teammates along. He tried to to make sure that we all were, you know, playing the way that we should be playing. And that was the best thing I could see from that being that young in that situation was I had a guy that was relying on me early, but he was relying on me and he was really good. So I had to set my game up. We all had to, you know, some of, some of my most favorite basketball moments was playing basketball with Kyle and those guys and Shane and all of them. So my junior year was amazing. And then senior year, we got to go wild because we were going to Kentucky, all that stuff. Oh, we were just hooping. It, it, it was what it was. Football season ended terribly. We ran the worst play. Oh my God. Uh, we ran the worst play I've ever seen. I have to talk about it because that's incredible. Oh, my gosh. My senior year of high school football, we had one of those teams, man, that's like, just to put it in perspective, the next year they go to the state finals. Just put it in perspective. What we had, you know, just the talent was on the team. So the year before, we started off by losing to a team we had never lost before. Like our coach had never lost to Choctaw High School before ever, I don't think. And we lost to him. Crazy. Couldn't stop a toss. Kicked, kick, kicked a 50-some-yard field goal. Shit was wild. The shit was wild. But 
we lose that game, lose another one, whatever it may be. And it's nice, but we're not used to losing. So we're losing these games. And then after that Choctaw game, we had a defensive practice. And I say that because in high school, you have an offensive period and then you have defensive period, right? We stretched and did our offensive period. It probably lasted all 12 minutes altogether. Individual, team, all that probably lasted 12 minutes. The rest was defense against the number one offense. So we just played football against them for a whole week. When I tell you our defense came out on Friday, lights out. Like to this day, I give Barrett and the boys credit. Like they came out. And when I tell you we started stomping teams out, like the scores were 35 to 7. 48 to three, 31 to seven or whatever, 31 to three, something like that. We four on beach team, like past um, <clears throat> the 50 yard line or something like that. I think they got like a, a fumble or something and got them into plus territory, but like they were never passing it or driving the football. And it's like, we had one of those teams where we were hot at the right times. We get to our freaking playoff game against Milton. Milton has like four guys going to FSU, whatever, who cares? We start sucking. Like, we're not even good. Pause. But we start sucking. And it's like, we get down so much to where in the fourth quarter, we're down an insurmountable amount. Like, it's like 31 to 10 or 31 to 3, one of the two, right? And we come all the way back. We block a punt. Drew throws up a crazy pass. I swear his eyes were closed. Dane catches the ball in the end zone. It feels like a Friday Night Lights episode. You know, it feels like Tim Riggins is there. It feels like Smash is there. It feels like, it feels like the gang is there, right? And I'm like, oh, we're going to win. I'm literally like, oh, we're about to win. There's no way we don't win. So the first play on defense that we have, I'm like, okay, I know where the ball's going. I know where the ball's going. I'm telling them where the ball's going. They run the play. The ball goes where I said it was going. They score. Whatever. We get on offense. Time to play. Man, we get to literally fourth and my finger, like fourth and my finger. Like if Drew, Drew is six foot five, 240 pounds, 220 pounds at the time, I think. I don't know. One of the two. Who cares? Drew's a big dude. He could have fell forward. We would have scored a touchdown. Sharky, crazy running back. Really, really good, right? We could have gotten a power with an offensive line that all literally were around 250 to 300 pounds, right? From anywhere in that point. And just ran power or just ran gut, whatever it was, right? We could have ran anything. These, these dudes. Now, I, I literally sat up in my chair because like, y'all don't understand. It's three o'clock in the morning and I just got hot. These dudes decided to run doubles. And for y'all that, you know, can't see the fact that I'm moving my hands or anything. That's two receivers to the right, two receivers to the left, a quarterback and a running back, right? We call it 10 personnel. Right. Ten personnel. And we decided to run buck sweep out of ten personnel. The fellas in this podcast that are listening are going crazy right now. The women that understand the football are going crazy right now. My sister be going crazy right now. I'm telling you this. Buck sweep is a play where you pull both guards. Two who are pulling on the goal line in high school. In ten personnel. They blitzed every single person. I don't think, here's the deal. I don't think they called a defensive play. I think they told the kids just go. If you're man on, stay man on, everybody else, rush the ball. Like, rush the ball. They're on. We got to stop the QB sneak. We should have been on. Let's QB sneak them. But we weren't. So we lost. So we lost. And I remember. 
watching that senior year and looking at the teams Navarre got to play going to that final four. And I said, man, if that was us, we have been on one, <clears throat> but that's, you know, bygones are bygones, but that was, <laughs> that was a senior year football and how that ended in, we talk about it all the time. You remember friends talk about it all the time. Probably when we see each other, it's like the, the fourth topic that comes up out of nowhere. Just, man, you remember senior year? You remember Speed Blast, right? I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I might put a sign in my house that says Speed Blast, right? And just put an X through it. Like, they're not going to, I don't want anyone to bring that into my house. Can't have that in my house. But <laughs> to get back to the topic on hand, I think in all of this, as we're talking about it, I talk about the mentors and I talk about the people that, you know, I model myself after and things of that nature. I think it's important to understand that accountability and all this is truly key. It's truly key. Having people around you that can help mold you, that can help, you know, keep you on task and help you get to the goals you're trying to set for yourself, you know. I try to be hold myself accountable every day just to what I'm trying to do, to my goals, to my mindset and understanding that I'm trying to build something around me right now. Uh, I have a goal one day to be a restaurant owner. You know, that's something that's very, very big in my life. And I want to be able to serve. I have a, a, a propensity and affinity for service. So I would like to be able to do that. And one day I think that'll happen if I continue to do put one foot in front of the other and continue to do the right things day by day, or at least try to, and I'm not doing the right things, understand that I'm not and learn from them and develop into something that's better. You know, only time will tell if that'll happen, but I think that if I continue to try to strive for, you know, just to be a better person every day, that I'll be able to get to wherever I try to, you know, maybe one day be a restaurant, maybe four restaurants after that, who knows? But I do know that, I'm going to put my best foot forward and I'm going to make people tell me no multiple times if they're going to hope they tell me yes the first time, but I'll make them tell me no a million times. So I get that. Yes. But <clears throat> that's, what's key for me is holding myself accountable, having friends around me that hold me accountable and also, you know, trying to hold them accountable too. Cause it's not all about the next show. It's not all about, you know, all about Nick and when it comes to my friends and because my family, it's about them. It's about understanding that we both can learn something from every conversation. We're both listening. We're both want to with the intent. And that's you know huge. That's huge to understand that I can't just sit here and say, you know, I just want to talk about myself to my friends or my family or just me, me, me all the time. This is my problem. This is my complaint, whatever it is. I don't want to be that person that when you get the phone call, you're like, oh, Nick's calling his own complaint. No, I want to be able to somebody that's Nick's calling to be a good conversation that you want to pick up the phone and listen to. So being able to be vulnerable in that sense, but understanding that your battles are your battles, too. and You can hold yourself accountable to it. You got to fight your battles. And if you don't win, you got to go back to the drawing board and figure out why you didn't win. If that means bringing someone else in to help you out, it means going and get a sounding board, whatever that is. That's important to have. But making sure you fight your own battles every time. Get the right information you need, get the right ammunition you need, but you got to fight your own battles. But I think that's what all I have for you today, you guys. I'm not going to. Today was today was definitely an interesting day. It was definitely something that I felt. I felt really good today. 
the one moment definitely gave me some frustration, but I felt really, really good today and my body's feeling pretty good. So I can't complain on where I'm at. I can't complain on, you know, just the, the state of Nick at the moment. As always, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you coming and listening to me for the, you know, the 20 minutes that we we're here. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that, you know, we had fun together. I'll get back on task. I swear the next episode, uh, I just need to get that out a little bit, but I hope that you enjoy this wherever you are, you know, and that you have a blessed morning, a blessed night, and blessed whatever time it may be. Be easy, y'all.